0: Well, I had the absolute joy of getting to introduce my friend and brother, and friend and brother to so many in the room. Swayze, Nancy. He is bringing a word tonight, and the word tonight is expectation. And I hope you've come to expectant tonight because he has a powerful word that is going to challenge us and confront us. I know even just a little bit of what he's preaching on, and I already feel convicted, and I'll probably be in the back of the room crying, guys, because there's just so much promise around what Swayze is speaking on, And, and as I was praying for Swayze this morning, I just felt like God gave me this vision that our brother was gathering us all to the family table, saying, hey, the Father has more for us because Swayze has spent time in the throne room with the father and he knows the father's voice and he has this word straight from our faithful and good dad saying, hey, it's time. There's more for this family. And so would you mind standing to your feet and helping me welcome Swayze to the stage.
1: And also, I, I love what you I love your giving thing. I think that just ties right in with what I'm gonna talk about. So, thank you guys. You, you already sat down, I was gonna tell you. Go ahead and have a seat, but you already did. Um, so, as Shannon mentioned, if anyone doesn't know me, my name's Swayze, um, my wife, Hallie, who is up here tonight. Isn't she beautiful? Doesn't she sound beautiful? Um, we moved here about, nine months ago or so, in December, from Austin, Texas, and it has been awesome. It's been such just a privilege to be a part of this community, Um, and I'm just so happy that we we, we felt God calling us to Utah, and we said yes. Um, One of the things we... So we... In the last nine months, I feel like a lot has happened. We are leading the, uh, the college ministry here. And where are my college students at? Woo! <laughs> so this, what I'm going to share tonight actually came out of prayer and time of just spending with God, asking him, hey, what do you want to share with the college students this year? What do you, As they come back for this semester, what do you want to share? What do you want to impart? What do you want to do? And we, I, one, I believe he, he gave us something, he shared something, <laughs> and I'm excited to share that tonight, and I'm excited for what I think he's going to do um, with us all. And so if, if you don't mind, I just kind of want to pray something over us, because I believe, that, I say, if you've seen me host before, I, I often say, like, I'm expecting God is going to do something in us tonight we 're here and we 're not here just for fun we 're not here just just because we 're here to meet and encounter god we 're here to worship Him, and I believe that when we do that, even though maybe all we want is him he, he doesn 't leave us empty handed he He imparts something, and so i 'm really expecting that that 's going to happen tonight i 'm expecting him to stir us i 'm expecting him to give us something so God, would you just do that? Thank you. Thank you that you're a God who doesn't just leave us empty-handed when we come to you. You love us. You give a good gifts. So I ask that you would stir our faith tonight. I ask that you would impart new new levels, new faith in us tonight. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We love you. Amen. All right. So um, I mentioned Hallie already. We've been married for about eight years, and this past June, thank you. <laughs> um, and a couple years ago, we—it was our anniversary. We were, it was coming up, and we were both really busy with work, and just didn't really have a whole lot of time to take to, you know, take off and do anything really super fun. We were kind of like, oh, let's save money. We don't, it doesn't need to be anything extravagant this year, but we wanted to mark our anniversary. We wanted to celebrate, we wanted to do something together. So we landed on the plan of a camping trip. And (laughs) just a weekend camping trip right outside of Austin. And we were like, oh man, so excited about it. But I should say that if you already know Hallie, you might suspect that this would be the case, but when I say camping, I don't really mean camping. I mean glamping. Like, I, it's, it's got to be luxury. Like, it's, we're not going to just, like, sit in a tent in the woods. We're definitely not backpacking. We are, like, we had an air mattress this big. Like, it was, like, we hung lights, like cafe lights. It was, like, this whole thing. And so she was, like, Pinterest boarding our anniversary trip camping trip. We were like, she was like, we're gonna have, we're gonna have all this food. We're gonna, like, we're gonna make the best things. We're gonna, we're gonna do this activity and that activity. It was gonna gonna be the, the best camping trip. We were excited. So, so finally it comes. We get there. We, we got off work just a little bit early and got out there, but it was dark by the time we got to the campsite. And so we set up our tent. It was massive, by the way. I think it was like half the size of the stage. It was, it was, we hung the lights. It was a whole thing. And so finally I was like, man, I'm hungry. We hadn't eaten like maybe all day. I don't know. We were busy that day, but it was like, we were starving. So finally we're like, yes, we get to eat one of the camping meals that we've been planning. This is going to be amazing. So I had prepped everything for nachos. and We are going to have campfire nachos. And so I brought a cast iron skillet. I had all things. I expertly layered everything in the cast iron. And I lit a fire and I put it over the fire and just let it, you know, do its thing and meld for a little while. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. I was salivating. I had high expectations for this nachos and just the camping trip in general. And I finally was like, okay, it's ready. We're good. I take it out, I put it on the table, and I, I made Hallie a plate that was like, you know, it was huge. It was this big old plate, she was not gonna finish it. But I was like, oh, here you go, babe. I gave it to her, she, she takes a bite. Do, do you wanna taste this? And I was like, yeah, I've got, yeah, I'll taste So I take the plate and I immediately, I just dumped it in the fire. It was the worst nachos I've had in my entire life. Maybe one of the worst things I've tasted in my entire life. I don't know what happened in the fire and like what was going on, but it was bad. Like, I don't, it was terrible. It was just like so, so bad. And I was starving. So we like, I pulled some salami out of the cooler. I was like, I'll just eat salami. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. Don't need a board for charcuterie. Um, It was underwhelming, right? So then the next morning, well, actually, first of all, this was June in August, or June in Texas. So if you're from Texas, you might know what that means. It was hot. It was real hot. And I was willing to overlook it in the nighttime. And and I was like thinking, this is going to be fine. You know, it's whatever. Well, that night, I don't think I've sweat more at nighttime ever in my life. It was just a sweaty night, even on the big old air mattress and with a fan. It was like, oh, and oh, there was like a family, like a swarm of mosquitoes had somehow gotten in the tent and just feasted on us all night. So I was like, this sucks, man. What's going on? So the next morning we get up, we go to the bathroom and we both went to the bathroom and we were walking back and just like kind of in unison, we just looked at each other. We're like, so pack up and go home? Okay. Like, we were out there by 9 a.m. We were out. We went to a hotel. We were like, we're still going to do something. We'll hotel it. Let's get some Chinese food. I don't know. Back, break out that cooler. Um, so anyways, the reason I tell you the story is because we had, as I, as I mentioned, high expectations for this camping trip. Anybody ever had high expectations before? You ever look forward to something and go, man, this is going to be awesome. Anybody ever had it where it wasn't awesome? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that stink? Well, I think, I think that God wants to, to challenge us in that. Because has anyone ever gotten, or maybe you're there right now, but do you, do you ever feel like that has happened so many times. Life has happened so many times. Bad things, high expectations, low results have resulted in you just saying, I'm going to have low expectations from now on. I don't, I don't really want to be disappointed anymore. So I'm just going to expect not much to happen. And, you know, if something good happens, great. I'll be surprised. It'll be great. God wants to challenge us in that tonight. God wants to do a work in us where that is not the case. He's saying over us, I want you to have high expectations. I want you to look at the year ahead and maybe this past 18 months, maybe just life in general hasn't worked out in every way that you hoped it would. Maybe you're not feeling super hopeful Maybe you looked and you said, oh, I'm good. this is going to be a great year, and then you lost your job. Maybe you, you know, got sick. Maybe you, just something bad happened. Maybe you were isolated for a lot of the past year, and, and that's, that's just kind of wreaked havoc on some things. Well, I'm saying God is telling us, and the, the word that I believe he's given us tonight is, I want you to raise your expectations, I want you to raise your expectations because I will meet you in those expectations. (sighs) So let's look at, there's a scripture I want us to read together. You should have it on your screen. Uh, It's from 2 Kings 4, and eventually my phone will open up and let me in. So it's from 2 Kings, and it's about the prophet Elisha. So this is actually right. If you remember in in Scripture, maybe what's going on here is Elijah has actually just been taken on a chariot of fire up to heaven. Elisha's on his own now. This is like a chapter later. And this is really like the first thing that we get to see Elisha do as his own prophet, right? He's, He's prophet of God, so Right in verse one, it starts, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? I want to pause here because I want us to just understand where, what, what kind of position this woman is in. She is obviously not doing well financially. I think that's clear. But also her husband just died. And she has two sons who are just in jeopardy of getting taken away to be slaves. How do you think she is feeling? Probably pretty low, right? In that, I, I think about it even this way, like, so... Her provider, the, the, the man that she was married to, he was her provider. He was how she was, you know, really surviving because it was kind of like that back then, right? And now her two sons, they may not be around either. So not only is she going to lose her husband, who I'm sure she loves, she's going to lose her two sons, who I'm sure she loves, she's also potentially going to be destitute with no money and really not a whole lot of way to provide for herself. So what does she do? Well, she cries out to God. She cries out to the prophet Elisha and he says, not that, he says, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. I like that. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. How many of you know that her level of expectation was the amount of blessing that she got? The amount of oil she expected God to provide was the amount of blessing she received. Her miracle was dependent on her expectation. Her her miracle was dependent on her faith. She didn't, she could have, or at least it doesn't really say, but I I like to think that she could have just looked around her house and said, you know what? I got some bowls, I got some jars. Let me get those. I got four or five, we'll we'll use those. I'm not gonna go ask anybody. Well, she would have got four or five jars of oil and maybe that would have been enough to pay some debt. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how much oil was, back. I tried to look up how much oil was back then. I couldn't figure it out, so sorry. But I think that what happened was she said, you know what, okay, I, I, I better get all I can get This is my miracle. This is my chance. I'm going to do it. So she went out and she found all her friends. And she said, hey, can I borrow a jar? Can I borrow a vase? Hey, you got that pot right there. I think I'll take that if you don't mind. She was just going to get everything she could. And then the Lord met her in her expectation. He met her in her expectation. That's what I... there's something that, that in that that expectation thing faith and expectation do you know that faith is not just this thing that we go oh i hope i have enough faith to get to heaven or i have faith that jesus is who he says he is no faith is something that we actually it's an active thing that we it's we get to do with god and in in our faith He meets us in it, right? But our faith has an outcome. What we expect God to do, he often meets us in. If you don't expect God to do much, then he often doesn't do a whole lot. He's not trying to force us, right? God doesn't force us to do anything. And so when we don't expect him to heal someone, when we don't expect him to just do any miracles or anything big, he often doesn't it's it's more of a surprise when that happens right i don't think that's what he wants for this church i don't think that's what he wants for you i think he wants us to be a people where miraculous things are the norm and for miraculous things to be the norm for us to see god move in those ways it requires faith it requires us to actually expect him to do something uh, so let's let's unpack a little bit more about maybe what's happening in this woman's faith because I think she has some pretty significant faith would you agree so let's one turn to Hebrews 11 or look on the screen if if you don't have your Bible this is like the quintessential verse for faith right you've heard it before probably This is our definition of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Ooh, that's good. What does it mean? I don't know. No, I do. (laughs) Often though, I think we read that and we go, what is that? I think it's good, but what does that mean? What does that mean? The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Hmm. Well, let's, let's look to another, uh, an, another passage that speaks to faith that I think has, has a little more for us to chew on there. So this is from Romans 4. It's talking about Abraham. How many know Abraham? Woo! Yes, okay, good. Abraham, I love in this passage we're going to hear in a second, calls, us, calls him the father of our faith. He was an important dude when you, when you look at the faith we walk in, right? He was a man who God made a promise to that seemed unbelievable. He made a promise to him that he said, go outside, count the stars, look at the sand Can you count all that? And Abraham was probably like, no, I definitely cannot. And he said, well, that's going to be your descendants. Your descendants are going to be like the stars. So he gave him this kind of unbelievable promise. So in, in Romans 4, that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. That's us. Who is the father of us all? as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that did not exist, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Ooh, that's a good word, right? There was a lot there. I want to dive into some of these things deeper. So Abraham, basically this says he had a choice. Because what happened after God gave him that promise is he didn't have any kids for a long time. (laughs) He went a long time without this promise bearing any fruit. And so he had to choose Well, where do I look? What do I trust in? And this passage says, it says this, I'm going to read it again because it's so good. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. What what does that mean? Going back to that, that things not seen the conviction of things not seen. There are seen things around us and there are unseen things around us. Agree? Yeah? Cool, we're all on the same page. I had a mentor who put it this way. He, he talked about data when it came to faith. He said, there's data all around us. There's things that are, that are data, that are evidence, that are facts right? Abraham was a hundred years old. Fact, data. Sarah was barren. Fact, data. Not only was she barren, she was beyond childbearing age. It was, if you look at that, how does that give you faith? How do you have faith for that? How do you have high expectations for how that's going to go with the promise God has given? Well, my, my mentor used to say that you actually, you don't look at the data. <laughs> if God has given a promise, the data actually doesn't matter. That's what it's saying when it says faith is the conviction of things not seen. When we, when we look at the things we can see, guess what? It weakens our faith. It weakens our faith. When we look at the facts, when you look and you 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 feel, hey, what are the facts about my life? What are the facts about my situation? My knee is broken. I now wish that I could go do do something different. Well, your your knee's broken. I'm sorry, sir. It's gonna it's gonna take a while to heal. I've been an addict for 20 years. It's just a fact. Well, that's just data. When, when, we, when data comes into, I think, the presence of God, when data starts to come into the, this, the spiritual realm that God works in, it begins to not matter so much. When we look at data, it weakens our faith, faith but what did Abraham do to Get his eyes off the data. Would you agree that we kind of we probably want to get our eyes off of that data, off of those seen things, off of those things that are dragging us down and not allowing us to grow in faith? They're weakening us. How do we get out of that? How do? What do we do? Well, it says that for Abraham, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. He gave glory to God. How many know the way you grow in faith is to give glory to God? The way you, you grow in your faith and you get your eyes off of that data is, actually, I wanna change that slightly. Giving glory to God, actually, glory, uh, glory in, he, in the Hebrew actually meant, means heaviness. There's a weight, there's a weight to the glory of God. God has a weight. We, there's something tangible there. And I think glory is something we need to, we need to rest our expectations on. I think we need to put our expectations on God. We need, he, it, he's got a, he's there, he's, he's tangible. He's, he's something that we can actually like lean on. Does that make sense? He he wants us to lean on him. He wants us to look at him and trust him and say, that's the God who can do what he says he can do. He wants us to give glory to him by actually boasting in him. Who knows how to boast? (laughs) Everybody knows how to boast, right? I can can be great at boasting. I'm the best boaster there is. Yeah. Yeah. Philip, never mind. Um, we all know how to boast. That's not something we have to be taught. We are great at, at just putting the spotlight on us and saying, Look how great I am. When we give glory to God, when we boast in God, all it is is, is taking that spotlight from ourselves. Because how many, you know, when we boast in ourselves, the problem is we can't actually match up and live up to what we boast right? We're not going to actually be that good all the time. When we boast in God, we boast in someone who can. We boast in someone who, who is good, who promises things, and then delivers. We boast in somebody who meets us in our expectation and, and gives and, and imparts and does amazing things. We get to see him do miracles. That's who we want to boast in right? That's, it. like, let's, let's take it off of us and say, God, what, you, what can you do? In fact, I think a deeper part of this challenge I keep mentioning is, is he's, he's saying, raise your expectations. I hear prayers sometimes, and this is, like, I, may, I pray prayers like this. I pray, God, would you just, like, help me have a good day? Would you help me like drive safely? Okay, that, that's cool, right? But I could probably do that by myself. I can probably just like pay attention in the car and most of the time I'm gonna have a safe drive. What I want to challenge us to do is raise our level of expectations to the level that the data no longer makes sense. The data says, you cannot do this. This will be impossible. And we say, but God. The data says, no, 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 you're gonna stay an addict. And we say, but God. The data says, your knee's broken and it's never gonna be the right way again. And we say, Matt, we say, But but God. We say, but God, whenever we come into contact with whatever it is that seems too big. We're, so we, I want us to take that, that place where maybe we feel weak and we're going we're gonna to turn our eyes to God and say, I boast in you. But God, God is going to do something. The, the, the beauty of what I'm asking us to step into tonight is that it actually has very little to do with us. It has everything to do with God. We, on our own strength, can't do a whole lot. God can do a lot. God can do more. When we just say, but God, I, I, I boast in you. I love you. You are good. You did this. I know you'll do it for me. I, I know you'll meet me. When we step into that, we're putting everything on God and nothing on us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that just like a blessing and a comfort that we have a God that, that is like that, that wants to have that exchange with us, that wants to meet us in those kinds of expectation? This, this is something I think is, is is pretty important. It's so important that in, in Matthew it actually said that Jesus left Galilee because they they had unbelief. He didn't do any miracles or many miracles in Galilee, where he was from because of their unbelief. Instead, he decided, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going somewhere where they have faith. I'm gonna go do some miracles, but it's not gonna be here. It's not gonna be here where there's not really much faith. Going on. Instead, he went places where there was a woman who was desperate to be healed and she had so much faith that she said, if I could just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. And power went out from him and she was healed. He went places where there was a Roman centurion who said, you don't even got to come to my house. If you just say the word, I know it'll be done. And Jesus marveled at that guy's faith. Jesus marveled at that kind of faith. Who, who, wants, who wants Jesus to marvel at their faith? Who wants Jesus to marvel at the faith of this church? I do. I want Jesus to look at Antioch, Salt Lake City and go, whoo, you guys, thank you. You are doing, you, I, I love the faith. I'm gonna meet you. I'm going to meet you in that expectation. We're going to do some cool stuff. I'm ready to do miracles. I marvel at your faith. That's what I want for this body. That's what I feel like God is saying He wants for this body. Man, I'm so excited for what He's going to do. I'm so excited that we we have that to step into. So what are you... What are you believing for? Or better yet, what were you believing for, and you put it down? What were you believing for, and you you maybe have said, you know what? I'm gonna lower my expectations. I don't think that's gonna happen. Maybe there's something that you've just been thinking about this entire time, like oh. <laughs> I know I know what this is about you know maybe that's you maybe maybe you're, you're unclear but I do know that if God is someone we can boast in and he is how did that story end how did how did the story with Abraham end they had a baby they had a son. A man that was a hundred years old, as good as dead, as it says, had a baby. <laughs> a woman who was barren her whole life and past childbearing AIDS had a baby. God delivered on his promise. What happened with the widow? She was facing a life of destitute loneliness. Gave her all the oil she needed he met her in the expectation she had he met her in her faith so what is it that you need to need to take up and say God I don't even I don't even know what to I don't I, I don't even know how to raise my expectations how do how can I just can you help me what do you need to take and go, God, I'm, I'm not gonna look at the data anymore. I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna boast in you. We're gonna do a couple of times of response. The first, the first thing I want us to do is just respond, kind of individually. Maybe, like I said, maybe this was something. Maybe this is stirring up something. Maybe you've had a long-held hope that is is, is lost some steam. So we're, the band's gonna come kind of go back into just some instrumental time. And I want us to just wait on the Lord. I want us to put our eyes on him and I want us to do a couple things. One, I want you to ask him what that thing, what that thing is. Maybe you already know. What is an area that that you've lowered your expectations. What is an area where he is saying we're going to reclaim that? That the data is not right. You need to reclaim that. We're going to we're going to keep working on that. I want you to boast in me. What's that area? I want you, I want you to first ask him that and second or if you already know, <laughs> I want us to just spend a minute and invite God to stir this in us to stir our boasts in him i want us to to i want him to remind us of the things that he's done for us already how many of you know that is that is faith building that gives us something to go hey well you met me here you can meet me again so would you guys do that would you can we can we just spend a little time with the Holy Spirit for a minute. Ask Him, God, stir stir up my ability to boast. Remind me how to do that. Remind me who you say you are and who you are over all my expectations, all my needs, all my situations. Show me where I'm not, I've lowered them and, and help me boast in you. We're just gonna spend a Feels ready to boast in the Lord? Who feels ready? Who feels ready to boast in the Lord? I think we're gonna respond to this a little a little livelier, I think, here in just a minute, okay? I think God wants to do more than just stuff in our personal lives with this. If you if you are a part of Antioch Salt Lake City he wants to meet you in in these areas that he just highlighted for you he wants to meet you he wants you to raise your expectations he wants you to raise them to the level that the data no longer makes sense but he wants to do that for this church as a body as a as a community as well the the staff has actually been chewing on this for the last couple weeks We've been discussing, we've been talking, we've been kind of getting excited, I think. Getting excited for what the Lord will do. Getting excited for who who He is and the plans He has for us. Yeah. Let's step into that together, okay? So I want to share some things that the staff has expectation for. I want to share some things that I actually asked the staff this week. I said, Would you please just share with me some of the expectations you have for this season or just for this church in general? Doesn't have to be any timeline. What do you want to see God do? What do you hope that God will do? What are you putting your faith in God for here in this church? And I want to share just a few that I kind of distilled together, okay? kind of took and I said, oh man, we, we're expecting some good things. One, we're expecting that this church, our church, would be a place where God's presence dwells. <laughs> How many you know that that is actually not this building? That is you guys. We want to be a church where everyone is filled with the presence of god that we carry the presence of god it's a place he dwells with us all the time we're always in his presence and we take it wherever we go you guys when we leave here we're not leaving god's presence we take it with us and you know what happens when people encounter god's presence revival salvation hmm. we're we're believing that jesus will start encountering people. And people will get to meet the real Jesus, the, the savior of the, of the world, live. He's alive, he's here. We know him, we want more people to know him, amen? We are expecting that people will get to meet him and that God will actually pull back the deception that is in the city. That people who, people who you never thought would come to know the Lord would. That people who are hurting and depressed and suicidal would be met with the power and presence of Jesus and they would be healed in a moment. That salvation would break out, that revival would break out across the city, across our church, across the valley, we expect that Jesus is going to do some work. And lastly, something that I think multiple people kind of touched on, and, and this is something that I, it was actually, it was cool to me because God had been stirring it and speaking it to me, and I, I was like, yes, this is good. <sighs> actually, I'll share briefly. This morning, Chris Fletcher shared a word that he got this morning. He shared a word that he saw a stone kind of being thrown into some water, and there was ripples out. That out of out of that disturbance that God does, out of the some 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 impact that God does, it actually affects things outside of that one moment. What was amazing to me was actually God showed me that word like a year ago. <laughs> And I was like, oh, he's doing something. He's doing something tonight. Because God told me a year ago that we would, that Hallie and I, if we, if we chose to step into what he was saying, go to Salt Lake City, he said, you will go there and you will get to see that I will impact the world from Salt Lake City. I think that he's going to change not actually, not literally, he's, not, he's gonna change the reputation and name of Salt Lake City. It will no longer be a place where, where people are kinda like, oh, what's going on over there? I don't know. It's gonna be a place where people say, you know what's going on in, in Salt Lake City? The Holy Spirit is living there and doing some crazy stuff. The Holy Spirit is alive and active in Salt Lake City. I think we need to go there. I think, I don't know what's going on over there, but I want some of that. I think that God is going to do things in our church and in our city, in this valley, that we cannot ever even imagine. Things that that we're like, well, what are you doing, God? I can't can't believe you did that. I, I think that people are going to see Salt Lake City differently because God is going to move so powerfully. Who's with me? Who thinks that's gonna happen? who's psyched about that who's ready for Jesus to marvel at our faith who's ready to for Jesus to go yes guys this is what I've been waiting for I'm ready let's go we're gonna run you boasting me come on yes guys would you stand we're gonna we're gonna this is this is how we get that this is how we begin to see those expectations become a reality this is how we say God grow our faith we start to boast in him. I want us to boast in him. I want us to, I want this, I want this to get rowdy, okay? I want, when the band starts, we're going to worship, and guys, would you just, just let it out, just let it out, okay? <laughs> I, if, if you're, I don't know what your comfort level is, but I want some yelling to happen, okay? I want some yelling to happen where we boast in the Lord, where we say, God, this is who you are this is who you are over me this is who you are over my situation this is who you are over the earth this is who you are over antioch this is who you are over salt lake city this is what you've done this is what you just stirred in me as i went to you let's boast in the lord amen all right